Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And a very good Friday evening, everybody. Joe Beningo back with you again on the Oh, the Pain podcast. Friday, February the 4th. 2022 in the Older Pain Podcast. Joe Beningo's Older Pain Podcast. Let me not forget my name. Brought to you, of course, by our friends at DraftKings. And it's a big time for the DraftKings people right now. By Anita Tire, by Beach Camera, and my good buddies over there at the Hackensack Brewing Company. You know, I got I to gotta talk about this whole situation going on now with Brian Flores, of course. Uh, the former now coach of the Miami Dolphins, who was very unceremoniously let go by the Dolphins. Uh, He's suing the NFL right now. Uh, He's suing the Giants. Uh, He's suing the Dolphins. He's suing the Denver Broncos over uh, what he feels was, uh, we'll call it discrimination, uh, racism against the possibility of him being hired in the case of the Dolphins, him being fired. And the whole thing with with the Rooney rule and, you know, how all that works, you know, that, that you have to, you know, at least interview one minority candidate uh, if you're looking to fill a vacancy as far as NFL coaches are concerned. And I want to start with this before I get into all of it. I want to start with this with Flores. I think he's a terrific coach. You know, I would take him right now, get rid of Robert Sala and give me Brian Flores coaching the New York Jets right now. I would take that in a nanosecond. I mean, what this guy did over three years in Miami shows me he's one of the better coaches in the NFL. I mean, you know, a Miami team that was nowhere for a long time, and then three years ago, yeah, he slowly started to get that team back uh, to being a winning football team. I know he didn't get him in the playoffs, but, you know, the last two years, they were 9-8 and eight this past year after starting the year 1-7. and seven. They were 10-6 and six the year before. You know, his first year they wound up going five and eleven, but I, I really start to you really started to see as the year went on in Miami that first year with Flores that he looked like he really had something as far as being a legitimate top tier NFL coach. Remember the last game of the 2019 season? The Dolphins with Ryan Fitzpatrick as their quarterback go into New England, last game of the year to play the Patriots in in a game, really, that really, as you look back, turned out to be the final game for Tom Brady as quarterback of the New England Patriots. Or I shouldn't say that final regular season game because then they went to the playoffs and were actually the last game. They were beaten by the Tennessee Titans in that first-round wild-card playoff game. But I want to get back to that with with, uh, the Dolphins and, and that New England game. They go into New England with nothing to play for. New England wins that game, and they got a first-round bye in the playoffs. That's back still in the days when the first two teams got byes. First two teams with the best records in the league in the conference got their byes. They had a shot at a first-round playoff bye. The Dolphins go in there with Ryan Fitzpatrick and stick it to New England, forcing them to play that first-round playoff game the following week where they were eliminated by the Tennessee Titans. And, of course, uh, that turned out to be the final game Brady ever played as a New England Patriot. So you saw it You saw it right then with Flores 
that this guy really had something as a head coach. And I don't know why Miami let him go. I mean, to me, it's absolutely – when I found out that news right after the season ended, I couldn't believe it. I mean, what this guy did, I mentioned it. You know, 10-6 and his second year, just missing out on the playoffs. Last year, they start out 1-7. and They look like they're completely dead in the water, and they go on and win uh, eight of their last nine games and finish just out of the playoffs at 9-8. and And I don't know what the deal was. You know, you you hear so many things about Flores. He didn't really treat everybody so well. He didn't like Tua Tungavailoa. He really wanted the Dolphins to draft Justin Herbert, which, by the way, he, he seems to have turned out to be right about. I don't know if he got along with the GM. I don't know if he got along with his owner, Stephen Ross. Who knows about some of the allegations he made that, you know, Ross in, in, in the first year there when Flores was the coach was actually offering him $100,000 a loss to lose as many games as possible. So they got the first overall pick in the draft. Now, I don't know if I believe that or not. I mean, who knows? But look, is it possible? I mean, Stephen Ross doesn't seem to be like, uh, it doesn't seem to be the best owner in the world. You know, we think we have it bad as Jet fans with Woody Johnson. Could you imagine this guy? Could you imagine if the, if 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 Woody Johnson had done to the Jets, you know, firing a guy like Flores, as Ross did with Flores in Miami? And that's why I really, as a Jet fan, you know, I don't worry too much about what's going on in the Dolphins because they seem much more dysfunctional than the Jets are. You know, we worry about Buffalo. We worry about New England. I'm not so worried about the Miami Dolphins in our division. But, you know, when you look at the whole state of, you know, the hiring of coaches in the NFL, and let's be honest about this, you know, say whatever you want. And I understand that I don't know what the exact percentage of the league of of being uh, 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 black is, I don't know, African-American, I don't know what it is, over 60%, 65%, whatever it is. But I think Flores has a point here. I really do. First of all, the Rooney rule to me is completely counterproductive. I mean, how many times have have, have teams, you know, interviewed a, a minority candidate when they know there's no way they're hiring a guy? And the only reason they're bringing him in is because of the fact that he is a minority candidate just to satisfy that Rooney rule. So is this rule, I know it was put in with good intentions. I mean, how many years ago now, 15, 20 years ago, it was put in into the league with good intentions. There's no question about that. But it really, it really doesn't work. And I don't know what the story was with Flores when he went for the Giant interview. You know, this whole uh, text message that supposedly he got from Bill Belichick. Belichick texting Flores saying congratulations on a Giant job when he really thought he was texting Brian Dable, who, of course, wound up getting the Giant job. Who knows what the real deal is about that? I don't know. I don't know. Had, had, had the Giants really already decided to hire Dable before they interviewed Flores? I don't know. We're probably never going to know the answer to that. You know, and we've heard that John Mara, uh, you know, one of the co-owners of the Giants, along with Steve Tisch, we heard that John Mara, you know, really liked Flores, really was high on hiring Flores. And, of course, they wind up hiring Dable, and you pretty much knew that when they brought Joe Shane in to be the GM, he was with Dable in Buffalo, that Dable was probably going to get the job. But I think Flores has a, has a point here. I mean, how is it? That right now in the NFL, there's one black coach, and that, of course, is the great Mike Tomlin, who's one of the best coaches in football. The job he did this year with the Pittsburgh Steelers, <clears throat> getting that Steeler team into the playoffs, this is not was not your 
vintage Steeler team, you know, going nine, seven and one in Pittsburgh and getting them into the playoffs, even though they got, they got whacked in their first playoff game against the Chiefs in Kansas City was an incredible job. Tomlin's one of the top coaches in the league. He could coach my team every day of the week. I think he's phenomenal. But how now is there only one left? Two already have been fired. Flores got fired, got fired in Miami. David Culley got fired in Houston. Why did they fire him? He had that Houston team playing football at the end of the year. That Houston team with basically nothing, they had very little, the whole Deshaun Watson, you know, disaster and all that's going on with that, you know, I don't even remember who the quarterback of, the, of the, the Texans was, to be very honest with you, this year. And he had them playing. They knocked the Titans off in Tennessee. They knocked the Chargers. They pretty much knocked the Chargers out of the playoffs when they beat them a couple weeks before the end of the season when the Chargers came into Houston and, and the Texans beat them. The Texans almost knocked the Titans out of the uh, number one seed in the AFC the last game of the season. Remember, they were down 21 nothing. Came all the way back in that, that game, and eventually uh, Tennessee survived with a 28-25 win. Why the hell did they let David Culley go? That made no sense to me whatsoever. Why? And the Houston job is still open. I guess Flores had a chance to get the Houston job. I don't know if that's going to happen now. I mean, to me, even with this lawsuit he's got against the league and against these teams in the league, I'd still hire him. He's a terrific coach. Who cares? I don't care. You know, I'm sure the fans don't care if you bring the right guy in and he's getting the job done. But, you know, for a league that, you know, talks about, you know, that, that has become like this, you know, uh, uh, proponent and leader in social justice, okay, the way they are, and, you know, the constant politics that the NFL is throwing at you, let's be honest about that. Well, isn't there a lot of hypocrisy here? That the fact is they only got one head coach in the entire league that's black? Really? And look at all these guys that got hired. Tell me, Matt Eberfus, really? In in uh, in with the Bears, Nathaniel Hackett with the Broncos. How is it? What whatever happened? This it makes me crazy. It really does. Just think about this. How is it, Eric Bieniemy, who's the longtime now offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs? Okay, long time. He's been there with Andy Reid. He's been there with Patrick Mahomes. <coughs> Excuse me. Been there for a long time. How is it that his name isn't even mentioned anymore for a head coaching job? What happened with the enemy? Why can't he get a job? Why can Joe Judge get a job? Why can, you know, Pat Shermer get a job? How can Ben McAdoo get a job? Just listing the last three giant coaches who were all disasters and were gone after two years. But the enemy can't get a job. All we heard about in this offseason, we kept hearing all the time about the Jaguars. Well. The Jaguars are going to hire Byron, Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Bucks, quarterback in the NFL, had some great college years at Marshall and all of that, Byron Leftwich. And we kept saying, well, he's the leader for the Jaguar job. Well, he's the leader for the Jaguar job. Well, Doug Peterson just got the Jaguar job. And I'm not knocking Doug Peterson. He, you know, he won a Super Bowl with Philadelphia just a couple of years ago. That was deemed to be impossible with the Eagles. And he won a Super Bowl there in Philly, beating the Patriots. So he deserves to get an NFL job again. But I thought Leftwich was getting a Jaguar job. What happened with that? How come Leslie Frazier can't get a job? How come? The defensive coordinator in Buffalo, he was the one time, uh, I think he was the interim coach actually in Minnesota. I don't know if he ever, ever was really the official head coach there. But why can't Leslie Frazier get a job? Explain that to me. 
What about Bowles? What about Todd Bowles? And look, to me, look, you know how I feel about Todd Bowles as a head coach. He was a terrible head coach at the Jets. Uh, say whatever you want. I know he had the one winning season. Look, he was 24 and 40 over four years. I mean, give me a break. Uh, you know, say whatever you want. His second second year in the league, he lost the as the coach, he basically lost the team. Now, he was not a good head coach. But Bowles has done what most uh, most first-time head coaches did, do. He went back to be a defensive coordinator, did a terrific job in Tampa Bay the last couple of years as the D coordinator. They won the Super Bowl, you know, last year. Now, this year it didn't work out. You could get on them all you want. I know a lot of people are saying, well, you know, at the end of the Buck uh, Ram playoff game, what is Bulls doing playing single coverage on Cooper Cup, who goes out and beats him with those two plays, that one long play that set up the game-winning field goal for the Rams in a divisional playoff game? I mean, you know, you is that what's really stopping Todd Bowles from getting another interview to be a head coach or, or getting hired to be a head coach in the league? How are these, oh, oh, these other guys? How is Brian Dable, seriously, I, I, you tell me, more qualified to get a head coaching job than Leftwich or Frazier or, or Bowles? It doesn't make any sense to me. Yet here's the NFL that, you know, they, they, they're this bastion of social justice, right? I mean, they're all over that. I mean, there's the whole speech Roger Goodell gave after, you know, the senseless killing of George Floyd and all that that went down a couple of years ago. I mean, but you got one black head coach in the NFL? I mean, seriously, I mean, I, to me, there's something wrong with that. Why is it that way? And you could say, well, the owners, I mean, I've heard, you know, different people say, well, you know, the owners have to get involved here. Uh, you know, it's all about the owners. You need more minority owners in the NFL. I mean, all of that. And, I, you know, maybe there's something to that. I don't know. But who cares? Do you think I care as a Jet fan? The color of the skin of the guy that coaches my team? Are you kidding me? Do you think I give a damn? I don't. I just want to win. I, you know, I, the, the, uh, my coach would come from Mars as long as he's going to win me a Super Bowl. You know, one of the best coaches we ever had was Herman Edwards. Herman Edwards took us to the play. And I had my issues with Herman when he coached the team. I thought he played it too conservative. I thought a lot of times he, you know, he, he kind of played games not to lose, even though Herman had that famous speech that, you you know, you play to win the game and all of that. I had some problems with, with Herman. I did. But you know what? Herman took my team to the playoffs three times. Three times. You know how many, you know how many Jet coaches in the history of the franchise have taken the Jets to the playoffs three times? The answer is one, Herman Edwards. That's it. No other Jet coach has ever taken the Jets to the playoffs three times in their coaching tenure. So he's one of the best coaches we ever had. Now, Todd Bowles wasn't any good, but Herman was terrific. I'll take him back in a second. He's coaching Arizona State. I'm sure he wants no part anymore of the NFL, but I would take Herman, Herman Edwards back coaching my team tomorrow. Are you kidding me? Now, there's something wrong here. Something's not right. Seriously, something is not right. Why are these coordinate? And like I said, just look at the guys the Giants have hired over the years. Really? Could a guy like Byron Leftwich, could, forget even Leftwich, because he's just become the last you know year or so a real hot head coaching candidate. But Biennemi's the guy to me that really needs to be focused on. What if this guy was the hottest two years ago? He was the hottest, the year that Kansas City won the Super Bowl at the end of the 2019 season, he was the hottest coaching candidate in football. I don't even hear his name mentioned anymore. What happened? 
Is there something we don't know about Eric Bieniemy that's keeping him from getting a head coaching job? Are the Chiefs paying him just ridiculous money and saying, look, you're my guy? <laughs> you know, you're my guy as the offensive coordinator, and we, we don't ever want, want you to go? You know, you joined at the hip with Patrick Mahomes? I don't know what the answer is to all of that. But he was one of, like I said, after this, after the, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl at the end of the 2019 season, this guy was the hottest coaching candidate there was. He can't, I don't even hear he's getting an interview anymore. What the hell is going on? Now, how many, how many openings you got left? You got the Miami job is still open. And, you know, as of this moment, Peterson, like I said, just got the Jaguar job. The Miami job is still open. The New Orleans Saints job is still open, with Sean Payton stepping down. And I don't know, I, I, I believe the Saints have, uh, have brought Flores in for an interview. I'm not sure about that, but I believe they have. So you got the Miami job is still open. The Saints job is still open. The Houston job is still open. And I've also heard Flores' name mentioned in Houston. I think I got them all covered now. I think everybody else is – all the other coaching jobs are filled. Obviously, the Giants have hired Dable. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett went to Denver. Matt Eberfuss to the Colts. Uh, Josh McDaniel to the Raiders. If he decides to stay there, we know what Josh McDaniel did with to the Colts a few years ago. And really, the Colts, they, they, got, they wound up better off because McDaniel was not a great head coach in Denver. And obviously, Frank Reich to me, Frank Reich to me is one of the better head coaches in the NFL, even though his team, you know, just completely blew the playoffs by losing the last two games of the regular season, especially that disaster uh, at the end of the year where they got killed by the Jaguars. But, you know, be that as it may, again, another guy that I would take as my head coach tomorrow in Frank Reich with the Jets. I mean, you know, it's not even, it's a no-brainer. So all these other coaching vacancies, I think I got them all covered now, right? Right? I, I think so. The Raiders the Colts, the uh, the Broncos, the Giants, and now the Jaguars with Peterson. And every one of these guys is white. I mean, let's – I mean, well, really? I mean, come on. I, I don't get it. I, 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 you you got you to explain it to me, okay? The NFL talks about all the social justice and all it is, yet they got one black head coach in the league in Mike Tomlin. What's going on? Why can't why can't more minorities get head coaching jobs in the NFL? It makes no sense to me. When you can, when guys like, and I just again just using the, the three the latest the three most recent giant coaches as as examples. Really, Ben McAdoo? You're gonna tell me he's better than Eric Bieniemy? Really? Okay, Pat Shermer. I know he's been a coach already in the league once, but really, Pat Shermer. And he's better than a guy like Leslie Frazier? I mean, I don't know. I mean, but really? You know, Joe Judge? Joe Judge is better than a guy like uh, Todd Bowles, even though I don't, you know, I don't think Bowles is any good as a coach. But really? Joe Judge? It makes no sense. What's going on in this league? You can't have it both ways if you're the NFL. You really can't. You know, there's a major amount of hypocrisy here. And again, you go back to the Rooney rule. You go back to all of that, that whole situation there. It's great. It's a great idea. It's it's terrific. I mean, I think it's, you know, it, it, it's good in on paper. But then when you really break it down, it really is counterproductive. I mean, who would want to go to a job interview knowing that the only reason you're getting the interview is the color of your skin? That's the only reason. Not because you're qualified. And, and even worse than that, knowing that, 
you're not going to get the job. And the only reason you're getting the interview is to satisfy the rule. That's something wrong with that. So say whatever you want about Brian Flores, whether, uh, you know, he's got a chance to win his case or not. I don't know, but I think he's got something here. And like I said, I'll say this again and I'll continue to say it. He could coach my team every day of the week. I would dump Robert Salah tomorrow. And I still don't really know what Robert Salah is, although I got a pretty good idea after one year, you know. And by the way, let me just let me just while I'm bringing up Salah, let me say this too: that the coaching, the Jet coaching staff is right now involved in coaching in the Senior Bowl, which is coming up this week, which is good. They get a chance to look at a lot of these guys coming out of college. They found the uh, Michael Michael Carter was in the Senior Bowl last year, the running back who's turned out looks really terrific out of North Carolina. Had a very good rookie season for the Jets. But did you hear what Salah said? He's talking about the Bengals and how, it, you know, the Bengals just three years ago had the worst record in the NFL. They won two games. Now they're in the Super Bowl. And he's talking about the Bengals and how the third year, look at the Bengals in their third year have really turned it around. He talked about his time in San Francisco and how the Niners, you know, Kyle Shanahan, it was his third year when the Niners made the move and wound up going to the Super Bowl, even though they lost to Kansas City. So basically, as Salah goes into his second year, he's already setting it up. Well, don't expect us to be good this year. You know, expect another crummy 6-10, and 6-11, uh, 7-10 season. But don't worry. In that third year, we're going to be terrific. You got to be kidding me. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, something is so, something is wrong there. Something is completely wrong with that. I mean, give me a break. Like, Sal is setting himself up. Okay, don't worry if we fail this year. We're going to be great in year three. I mean, give me a break. I, I can't. I, uh, it's tough being a Jet fan. It really is. It really is. But I would take... I would take Brian Flores coaching my team tomorrow. Bring him back. Bring him in. I would love to see him coach the Jets. Obviously, that's not going to happen. What are you going to do? All right. Let's get uh, let's get some love in here for our sponsors. We'll start here with our, our friends from DraftKings. I uh, want to thank them for being part of the uh, part of the show and part of the broadcast. Uh, doing a uh, it's great with uh, you know. The opportunity to do uh, do all this with DraftKings. And, you know, the moment is here. We've been waiting for it since September. It's finally here. The big game is coming. A week from Sunday, Super Bowl 56. And DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. And they're giving their new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team, on either the Rams or the Bengals. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live, as you know, in New York meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. Uh, if sportsbooks uh, aren't in your state yet, well, you can play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million top prize with their first deposit. All you got to do, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code O the pain, just like the podcast, O-H-T-H-E-P-A-I-N. Get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just 5 bucks and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code all the pain at DraftKings uh, Sports Book, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Remember, you know the disclaimer, you got to be uh, 21 or older. Uh, the minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, 
Call or text the uh, TN, that's Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, you can call 888-789-7777 or uh, visit uh, ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y, that's HOPE-N-Y, 467-369. So again, I want to thank all my friends at DraftKings. Of course, got to thank my buddies at the Hackensack Brewing Company, Mike Jones and, and company. And uh, we'll be doing, as I've mentioned, we've done a couple of live broadcast, uh, podcasts from there already. We're going to do uh, more uh, going down the road. And uh, you know the deal. There's always 12 beers on tap. You can enjoy in the outdoor beer garden. They're in their spacious tap room. I guess you can't do it outdoors right now. Plenty of, pa- but you will soon. Plenty of packaged goods uh, to go as well. Uh, check out uh, HackensackBrewingCompany.com to place an order for pickup or home delivery. You know, the tap room is open from 4.30 to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday, 2 to 10 Saturday, 12 to 8 on Sundays. Come through, raise up a few. 78 Johnson Avenue, Hackensack, right behind the Tombstones. See my buddy Mike Jones and company. Uh, of course, Beach Camera, my buddy Isaac, uh, he's been with me from the beginning. Uh, you know his deal. He's been in business now for over 30 years. And Beach Camera, Beach Camera, I should say, offer all the top brands, LG, Samsung, and Sony. Give Isaac a call at Beach Camera, 732-993-6385. Stop in 80 Carter Drive, Edison, and let him save you some money this holiday season. And, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. The holiday season is over. But I'm saying it anyway. This holiday season, when you got, well, you got the Valentine's Day coming up, maybe you get a nice Valentine's Day present for your uh, uh, significant other you know, get him something at Beach Camera. As well, use code Joe B for 15 bucks off your order of $100 or more at beachcamera.com. And then, of course, my son Johnny, his, uh, his uh, boss Ari over at uh, Anita Tire in uh, Rivervale, New Jersey, Westwood Avenue. Check them out. All the best deals on your tires. Uh, anything you need to do for uh, your car repair, anything like that, check out Beach uh, Check out Anita Tire. I was going to say Beach Camera. No, check out Anita Tire. All right, Joe Beningo with the older pain with you here on the older pain podcast. Just really quick, I just want to touch a little bit uh, in my last couple minutes here on the state of the New York Knicks. What a disaster! You know, the Knicks gave us a big tease last year. They go forty-one and thirty-one. They're the fourth seed in the playoffs, and then it really all started to go back downhill for the Knicks again when they got whacked in five unceremonious games uh, against the Atlanta Hawks. Julius Randle was totally exposed as not being a franchise, you know, a a lead player on a championship team. Now the Knicks are sitting there four games under 500. The trading deadline is coming up in uh, next week on February 10th. There's all kinds of different rumors. They're going to trade Julius Randle. They're going to trade Alec Burks. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know what's happened to the Knicks this year. They're not playing defense like they were. Obviously, Randle has not been the same player. Maybe that's the biggest issue right now about, uh, you know, what's going on with this Nick team. You know, R.J. Barrett has made strides, but, you know, he's not elite. He's a nice player. He's a good player. Not a lead player on a championship team. I like some of the young guys. I like Quickly. I like Obi Toppin. You know, I like this kid Grimes, Quentin Grimes, the, the rookie this year. I like these guys. they got some nice guys on his team, nice young players. And, you know, you want to continue to see, the, hopefully continue to see these guys develop. I think Thibodeau is still one of the better coaches in the NBA. The one thing I will say, how come Cam Reddish isn't playing? You know, you traded Kevin Knox. Okay, Knox wasn't, you know, fine. You traded Kevin Knox. You traded a number one pick. 
for Cam Reddish, shouldn't he be on on the court? He should be playing. Look, it hasn't worked out with Kemba Walker. We know that. Maybe they're going to deal him. It hasn't really worked out with Evan Fournier either. I know he's been hot lately. Uh, what, he put 30 in the other night in that loss to Memphis. But, I mean, you know, really? I mean, I, you know, if, if Evan Fournier is not hitting a three-point shot, uh, he's a guy that's really you know, not really helping your basketball team at all if he's not, you know, hitting that three. So I want to see Reddish play. I mean, you made this trade. He's a young player. Get him out there. Get him out there. And, you know, maybe the Knicks are going to have to make a deal to get Reddish more playing time. I don't know. But something needs to be done. Something's not right there. And it just seems like the same old, same old with the Knicks. Like the same nonsense we've been watching for the last 20 years. Really since, you know, uh, the end of the 2000-2001 season. That's the last time the Knicks really were, you know, a legitimate team. When they got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs that year by Toronto, they won 47 games. Van Gundy eventually leaves, again, very unceremoniously, wasn't getting along great with Dolan, and they've never really come back from that. They had the one big year with Carmelo and Mike Woodson. Another thing, oh, why did they ever let Mike Woodson go? You know, you could go back to the whole thing, bringing in Phil Jackson. I don't want to get into the whole thing with the Knicks right now and what they've been. But they're right, right back to being what they've, they've been for the last 20 years now. Play Cam. I want to see Cam Reddish play. Can a guy freaking play? Let's get him out there on the court. And we'll see what they do. The trading deadline is coming up. You know, that we'll, we'll see whether the Knicks make a deal or not. Do they trade Randall? Do they trade Burks? We'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know, but it just seems it's the same old, same old, same old with the New York Knicks. All right, Joe Beningo with you here on the old The Pain podcast again. Uh, Friday, uh, February the 4th. We'll be back again on Monday. As uh, we close in uh, a week from Sunday, of course, uh, Super Bowl 56, we close in on that. So, uh, again, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank all my sponsors uh, again for, you know, uh, being with us. Let's thank everybody, DraftKings, Anita Tire, Beach Camera, and, of course, the Hackensack Brewing Company. Everybody, enjoy the rest of you. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy, you know, a weekend without football, I know it's tough. Who really cares about the Pro Bowl? I'll be back talking with you on Monday. All the love, everybody.